Last week, we started our look into um, this subject of the armor of God. And the reason um, we are looking into this, because I think it is so important, because we are under uh, siege by the enemy, uh, by our own uh, sinful nature in this society and culture. Um, we are facing attacks of the enemy in our own individual life, um, in our own heart and, and, and mind and soul. Uh, we are attacked every day uh, because the enemy uh, does not desire us to know God. That's what it basically is. We need to understand that our own heart fights against uh, us knowing the life and the, and the purpose and the connection that God desires to give us. From the very beginning, uh, we were born into this uh, uh, rebellion uh, against uh, what God would want to put within us, that, that we were created to experience, and, and yet we have moved against it. And uh, so knowing that we are facing these battles, these struggles uh, internally and externally, um, then we need to know that our God understands and he has not left us alone and he desires to equip us to be able to fight that battle, uh, to be able to come out uh, on top and not be destroyed and, and pulled away uh, from what he has for us. And so we're looking at uh, Ephesians chapter 6, where he explains uh, uh, what he has made available to us so that we can fight this battle. Starting in verse 10, he says this, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God so that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers and against the authorities, against cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God so that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand firm. So stand, therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith, with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying at all times in the Spirit with all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all of the saints. So he tells us how we can stand firm in the midst of a battle that is waging for our soul. And, and really, that's what the battle is. The battle is not uh, uh, for uh, uh, what you can get in life. The battle is not for accomplishments or peace of mind or even feeling good. The battle is not even for happiness. 
It is not so that you can uh, have a good life. The battle is for your soul. We need to understand that. The choices we make, the life we make, has nothing to do uh, with our outward experience or circumstance. This question is for our eternal soul. Um, We know that this world is broken, and God has started a process to fix it, to restore it. And so the question is, are we going to be a a part of the restoration, or are we going to be a part of the teardown? Because how many know, whenever you rehab a home, uh, it goes through two parts. You you tear it down, and then you rebuild it. And uh, God is in the process of of bringing us to that place uh, to where we are part of the restoration and not part of the teardown. But a teardown is going to be necessary, and that's part of the battle that we are going through because the enemy wants to take everyone that he can with him in the teardown. And um, uh, he will use deceptions like pleasure and, and happiness and um, uh, uh, temporary uh, things that, that are so sweet, and, and yet they pull us into uh, the final uh, result, which is death and destruction and emptiness and regret. And God's desire is that we win that battle. So the battle is for our soul. Um, and he's given us these, these uh, uh, ways of protecting our souls so that we uh, are able to survive uh, this journey of life. Now, last week, we looked at the first uh, uh, piece of armor, which was the belt of truth. And this is the key thing because it holds everything else together. Um, it is the belt of truth that uh, uh, everything else is based upon. It's kind of like the foundation of a house. Uh, Everything else we're going to build upon is only as good as the foundation. And the belt of truth is we need to understand what are we choosing as our truth. In other words, what is the basis of our life? And we saw that truth is not facts. It is not uh, a, a reality of what's going on around us. Truth is not um, what I experience and what I have seen to be uh, true in my life. Uh, Truth is not what I can uh, prove by scientific uh, uh, method because all of those things are faulty. They are limited. Uh, They are limited by our own human nature. Yes, even science is limited. It can give us facts, and I'm not saying that those facts are not true, but they are limited, and sometimes they only show us part of the picture. And how many know that sometimes part of the picture can be more deceiving than none of the picture? Um, And this world will use partial facts, and they will hide them behind science and pull us into that. And we see that with evolution. We see that in biology. We see that in so many things, that it it is a limited and therefore faulty way to establish truth. We have found that truth is a person that Jesus is the truth. And the only reason that we can trust Jesus is because he is the creator. He is the one that started everything. No other place can we find truth than, than the person who created it all. And Jesus is our truth. It is what the word of God says is our truth. And so if we are gonna start this battle, we have gotta make a decision. I am gonna decide that this is going to be the truth of my life. 
Now, that doesn't always mean it's, it's a comfortable truth. I may have to struggle with this, but I make up my mind that this is the truth no matter what. Sometimes it's a truth that I may not like, but it's the truth. See, this is the thing of truth. Truth is not up to questioning. Truth is not up to debate. Truth is truth. That's what makes it truth. See, that's the problem with our society is that we have denied truth. We have, we have instead of truth, we have chosen preference. That's the word we'll use. Preference is better. And yet the truth overrides preference. And it overrides those things. And when we build upon the truth, we are on a rock that makes our life solid and makes our life stable. And this is why it is the belt of truth. It holds our life together. may not be fun. We may face a lot of criticism, but you're built on the rock. And we need to understand that. So that's the first thing, that we must choose truth. Uh, The second thing we're going to look at today is Uh, the breastplate of righteousness. We must put on the breastplate of righteousness. And the thing about this and and the the way it worked is that it does connect to the belt of truth. What keeps it from flopping around is that it is connected to the belt of truth. Um, And and so, uh, first of all, um, we want to ask this question is when we're talking about the breastplate uh, of, of righteousness... Um, the question is, what's the purpose? What is the purpose of this breastplate? And we know that the whole purpose of is to guard the most important parts of your body. It is to guard your heart. Okay, uh, when when you are in a struggle, uh, uh, it is a protection against the most vulnerable parts of your body. Now, it's not just your heart, but in the, in the uh, uh, Hebrew idea of this that Jesus uh, uh, worked under and, and which the Bible is, is, is uh, brought to us, the idea of the heart is much more than just the physical heart. It, in fact, many times it, it includes the whole innards. We, we would call it our guts, Okay, uh, our intestines, our kidneys, our liver, our lungs, our heart, all of these things are our most uh, uh, important organs that keep our life going. And uh, the heart uh, is a symbol for the very source of life. Okay, uh, and so God is saying, The first thing you need to, once you establish the truth that holds your life together, now you need to protect the source of life, and that is your heart. So we need to guard our heart, Um, and we need to put on the breastplate of righteousness that we may guard our heart, because here's the first thing that the enemy fights for is your heart, because how many know that your, your, your mind and the heart includes our mind, our thoughts, uh, our desires, our passions. Um, so this idea of heart uh, talks about the core of who we are. It's the source of life. It's the source of who I am is my heart. Um, in Proverbs, uh, we know this scripture. Um, it tells us, keep your heart with all vigilance, for from it flows the springs of life. And how many know that that, that is true? 
Your heart is what determines the direction of your life. Um, Those things that we start to love. When you love something, that's the direction your life is going to take. No matter uh, what other direction you go, it's always going to skew to where your heart is. Even when you know I shouldn't do it, and and we start to uh, uh, modify our behavior, because we're really good at modifying behavior, but even when we, when we change our behavior inside, our heart still desires those things. And if our heart, if we have not taken care of our heart, even though we learn to change our behaviors for a short time, eventually your heart is going to win out. Because uh, how many know that it, it's, it's something like this? Uh, you're on the job or you're out doing something and, and uh, something happens and uh, it, maybe it, it, it's something in the moment and something will come out of your mouth and you will save this. And how many have ever heard someone say this? I don't know where that came from. That's just not me. They even said, that's just not me, right? It was you the whole time. You've been covering it up, but your heart will show itself. Sometimes even to ourselves, we're shocked because we have not looked at what's in our heart. And that is our true self. And and we have not realized that there is this stuff way down in our heart, like a disease. It's like a heart disease that you never knew you had. My good friend, Brett, that just passed away. If you would have asked him, he wouldn't have known that he was going to have a heart attack and die in an instant because it... It's something that sometimes we're not aware of. And the same thing spiritually. In our heart, we try and ignore those things. We don't want to look at those things. And yet, if we don't begin to get an understanding of our heart, the enemy starts a disease in there. And, and we don't even realize that it is eating us from the inside. And, and so God says, you need to guard your heart. Um, you need to... Begin to protect it so these things don't happen. So you you don't fall prey to something and then say, where did that come from? You know, Jesus himself said there's going to be people that stand before him. And this is going to be the saddest thing that they're going to say, but Jesus, what do you mean? We we served you. And he's going to say, depart from me. I never knew you. And it's because their heart was never with him. And, And many of us, our heart... We may say we're Christians, we may profess it, we may even live an outward life of that, but if our heart is not with Jesus, then we are not covered. We are not made right. We are not whole with God. Now, he calls this the breastplate of righteousness. So what protects our heart, what guards our heart is righteousness. Um, So he's saying, if you're going to guard your heart, if you're going to keep your heart from from longing for those other things that destroy you, if you're going to keep your heart from passions and from things that, that, that will lead you the wrong direction, then you need to cover it with righteousness. And what is righteousness? Righteousness is basically doing what's right. It's being right with God. It means that me and God are good because we're on the same line. Um, our character is matching up. Now, how many know that we do not match up with the character of God? 
Um, we are not righteous. In fact, David said, I look at my heart. My heart is anything but righteous. Um, and so we need to understand that no matter what we do, guarding your heart does not mean be a better person. Putting on the breastplate of righteousness does not mean, okay, you need to start living better. That's not what he's saying because that's not going to guard his heart. So we need to understand that the breastplate of righteousness, it is not self-righteousness. It is not about what you can do yourself about being better. It is not do more good works, be nicer to people, don't break any of the Ten Commandments. That is not what's going to protect your heart by just trying harder. Um, Now, I'm not saying we don't try hard, and I'm not saying we don't live good. We're going to get there. But that's not what protects you. It is not self-righteous because look what the, and we know what the Word of God says. In Romans chapter 3, it says, it is written, none is righteous. No, not one. I don't care how hard you try. You're going to blow it. And I'm not being mean because I'm the same way. We all Like we said, there's just something in our heart that comes out that we end up, Paul put it this way, the things I want to do, I don't end up doing. And the things I don't want to do, gosh, those are the very things I end up doing, right? That's what we're struggling with because we are not righteous. So how can we put on a breastplate of righteousness when we're not righteous? Um, uh, He goes on in the same chapter in Romans chapter 3, verse 23, it says, for all have sinned. And we fall short of the glory of God. We fall so short of what God is and what he wants for our life. Um, in, in fact, in, uh, in Isaiah, in Isaiah, it says that, you know what? Even when you try and do good, it says all of our righteousness is like dirty rags to God. What you think, you think you're doing so good and we're so proud of ourselves. Look, I've done this and I do this. God says, that's like, that's like filthy rags. It's like bringing me, uh, and, and we won't even get into what the, it's not what we think of filthy rags. It, it's even more disgusting than that, um, uh, which you can look into that. That is what our righteousness is to God because we cannot compare that to God because everything we do right is usually hidden behind an agenda to make ourselves look good. So it's polluted by pride and by self-serving nature and selfishness. So we cannot put on this breastplate of righteousness. So here's the key. And it's the same thing about the belt of truth. The belt of truth is not what you decide it's true. It's not what other people say is true. Truth is one thing. It's a person. It's Jesus. And it's the same thing with the the breastplate of righteousness. Jesus is our breastplate of righteousness. Jesus is our righteousness. So if we are to put on the breastplate of righteousness, it is not about being better. It's about being Jesus. It is about bringing Jesus into my life so much so that he covers my heart, that Jesus is covered, covering my heart. My heart is covered with Jesus. My desires, my passions, my my thoughts, they are put in Jesus, and this becomes my righteousness. Jesus is our righteousness. Um, 
in 2 Corinthians, God explains it this way. And this is the love of God because when God knew that we couldn't do it, he sent Jesus to do the actual works that we could not do. So Jesus, it's not just a spiritual thing. It's a physical. Jesus lived the life that protects us. He did do the right things. He did live a life of righteousness uh, that was not covered uh, by the uh, uh, agenda of sin behind it. But yet, at the end of that righteous life, he took all of our unrighteousness. And in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21, he says this, For our sake, he made him to be sin. And this is Jesus, who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. It's hard for us to understand this. But Jesus took our place. He became sin so that we could become righteousness. In other words, when God's wrath and destruction comes to tear down this world, when he looks at us, he does not see the rotten, dried out, uh, dry rot of a life that we are. But instead, he sees that in Jesus Jesus became the sin that took the wrath of God. And we were given, kind of like it's almost Halloween, we were given a suit, a costume, that when he looks at us, he sees Jesus, the perfect son of God. You might say, does it really fool God? It's not about fooling God. He paid the price. He truly gives us. So it's not just a costume. If we will accept it, if we will take Jesus we get the very essence of Jesus that covers us, that God says, I declare you righteous. And if we begin to let Jesus to become that, we have the righteousness of God. And in Romans chapter 5, verse 19, it says, For as by the one man's disobedience, many were made sinners. We know that because Adam sinned and we followed suit, we were all became sinners. So by the one man's obedience, the many will become righteous. Because Jesus was willing to obey God even to the point of death, he was willing to suffer and die for us, we receive the righteousness of God. And so the breastplate of righteousness says, are you willing to take Jesus on as your life? Are you willing to say, Jesus, I will follow you? See, that's what it means to put on the breastplate of righteousness, that when you commit your life to Jesus, you are given a gift of righteousness that protects your heart, that protects your soul, that the enemy cannot take from you. Well, here's the question. That's very good in a spiritual, theoretic way, but practically, how does that protect me? And what do I have to do to do that? Because because it's one thing to talk theology, but how do we get Jesus' righteousness? Because I'm still not righteous. So just because I take Jesus on, I don't see how that solves the problem. So there are three things that we need to practically do to begin to guard our heart. And, and this guards our heart uh, from, from what the enemy wants to do to destroy it and twist it. Um, the first thing... Uh, well, 
we're going to look at this, this verse in Philippians because I believe this gives us the three things that we need to practically do to put on Jesus to receive this breastplate of righteousness that will guard our heart. In Philippians chapter 3, verse 7, starting in verse 7, this is what he says. Whatever gain I had, I counted as loss for the sake of Christ. Indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. For his sake, I have suffered the loss of all things, and I count them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ and be found in him, get it, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, and that means by doing right, by following the law, but that which comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God that depends on faith. So Paul says that if I will do these things, I will be found to have a righteousness not of my own, but a righteousness of, of Christ in my life. And what's the first thing he says? So how do we apply it? The way that we do it is, first of all, we need to live a life of faith. I choose from this point on, I am going to believe in God with all my heart. And not only believe, see, here's the problem. Believing is, is just a, a first step. Faith is more than belief. Faith means I put my trust in Jesus. Are you willing to say, I am going to trust God for my life? Because remember, this, this righteousness is connected to what? The truth. So in other words, when I, if I'm going to trust Christ, then I'm going to trust his truth. So the truth I start to build on. In other words, my righteousness is going to build on the truth. I'm going to trust that God, even though I don't know if I believe all this, but I'm going to trust it. I'm going to do it even if I don't really want to. And some of it, people are going to get mad at me because, I don't, man, this is just, it goes against them. But I have faith that this is the way. So here's the question. Do you really believe that Jesus is your righteousness? Do you believe that Jesus' way is the better way? And no matter what, I'm going to trust in what he tells me to do. So when he tells me to do it, I'm going to do it because I have faith. So this is what faith is. So I begin to receive a righteousness. Not a, so it has nothing to do with about what I do. It has to do with what I am trusting and following. Um, now, the acts are going to follow, and hopefully we are going to be changing that, but do I put my faith in Jesus? So the first thing I have to do is put my faith in Jesus, that, that I believe that he died for me, and I believe that outside of him, I am lost. So that's what faith is. You have to accept those two things, that without Jesus, I am lost, I'm, I am wrong, and I need Jesus to be right because he died for me and he paid the price. That is the foundation of faith in Christ. Uh, it can't be one without the other. See, we want the one, okay, I'll believe in Jesus, but then we don't believe that I'm wrong and that I need to repent. It has to be both um, uh, or it does not become faith. It becomes just a belief that I want kind of a get-out-of-jail-free card. See, that's what believing in Jesus is without repentance, without knowing the truth that it's not my way, it's your way. Um, but then that's not it. The second thing uh, is what Paul said is that 
everything I count as loss compared to what? The surpassing greatness of knowing Jesus. So what Paul said is, not only do I have faith in Jesus, man, he is great. I want to know Jesus. It's not just because, okay, I need to do it to get myself right. But there is this um, passion to know him. In Galatians chapter 2, verse 16, it says this, Yet we know that a person is not justified by works of the law, but through faith in Jesus Christ, so that we also have believed in Christ in order to be justified by faith in Christ, not by works, but because by works of the law, no one is justified. So it's not just about doing for him. We are not going to be saved because I've followed Jesus. It has to be because I love Jesus, okay? So many times we think that trusting in him, having faith is just following. And yet, didn't we see in Revelation that Jesus says, I want more than just obedience. I want you to love me. I didn't come just to create mindless drones that just do what I say. That's, he, he didn't want us that. He wants us because he loves us. And if he loves us, he wants us to love him. And, and so if we are to put on Christ, we must have a passion to know him. God, I want to know you. So if this is how you guard your heart, love him. Desire to know him. Begin to hunger for him. Begin to be more willing to learn of him than to have your own way. That's the key. Do you love him more than having your own way? Well, I think I could do this and still love him. Well, why do you think that? Because you just want your own way. We need to understand that putting on the breastplate of righteousness, guarding our heart means, God, you are more important than everything. Paul said, I count everything as loss compared to you. You're more important than every experience that I can have in this life. Yeah, I could do these things, but that means nothing if it, if it pushes you away. Who cares if this is not a sin or it is a sin or what other people think? We can debate over that all the time. It's not about how close can you get to the line and not step over. The question is how close can I get to God and dive into him? See, stop worrying about the line of sin and begin to just get closer to God. When we begin to do that, you're probably going to be not anywhere near that line. And you might give up things that are not a sin anyway. It doesn't matter whether they're a sin or not. I just want more of Jesus. Jesus put it this way. He said, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be satisfied. Do you hunger for doing right? I hunger for Jesus in my life because Jesus is my righteousness. It's not what I do. I want more of Jesus. And he said, if you hunger for me, then you know what? You're going to be satisfied. We may not always do everything right, but do you hunger for Jesus? Are you willing to not do what you love to do because you want more of Jesus? If it may in any way get in the way of you and Jesus, are you willing to get rid of it? See, there's a problem. Most of us are not. We want to negotiate what we can keep and what, and that's not a love for God. I'm going to throw something out. Even maybe I didn't need to throw it out, but why take a chance? I love Jesus that much. Too many of us are negotiating with him. We're still trying to keep some things in our life when the way we guard our heart 
is by hungering for him. You see, when you have a hunger for him, it's, it's funny how you don't have to worry as much about your heart anymore. It, it's guarded by your passion for Jesus. The third thing uh, that he talked about is that we begin to die to ourself. All of a sudden, it's not what I want anymore. It's not what I want anymore. God, I'm going to follow you. Not only am I going to believe in you, I'm going to trust you. Not only am I going to be passionate for you and love you, but now I'm going to put it into action. Now I am going to live right. I'm going to try and be just like you, Jesus. When we have a, a desire to die to my own desire, in other words, I don't decide what's right and wrong anymore. The truth does. You see, I'm connected to the truth. The truth now tells me what's right and wrong, even when I don't like it. But I die to myself, so it doesn't matter what I like anymore. And it doesn't matter what other people, and I don't get mad when people show me the truth. You know, who are you to tell me? I'll tell you, if it came from the truth, then it is my protection, and I will die to myself. I will not uh, defend myself anymore but I will choose him. Um, this is how Paul put it. In Galatians 2, he says, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but it is Christ who lives in me. You see, it's Christ is my righteousness. It's not my righteousness. It is Christ. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Are we willing to say, God, I am crucified with Christ, and it is no longer I who live, but I live, but it is, it is Christ in me who live. So now when I make a choice, I ask myself, is this my choice or is it Christ's choice? Am I based on the truth or am I based on what my desire is? If I'm going to guard my heart, then I am going to do what Christ would want. And so I begin to live righteously, but not because of me, because of Christ. And so the breastplate of righteousness begins to guard me because I no longer am living for myself. I die to myself. Every day I have to die to myself. Every day I have to stop saying, what do I want? And start to ask God, what do you want? And when you do that, God begins to bring a peace and a strength in your heart because you are covered. And you are covered uh, because not of what we do, but because of Jesus. So there's three things. When we talk about putting on the breastplate of righteousness, here's the question. Are you trusting him? Are you loving him? And are you surrendering to him? That's, that is our breastplate of righteousness. I will trust him, faith. I will love him. I, I will have a passion for him. And I will surrender to him. He will guide my direction because it's no longer I who live. And when I do those three things, when I trust him, when I love him, and when I surrender to him, you know what I find? I find that the enemy no longer has a connection to my heart. I find that now I can, I can begin to go out and worry about other things without having to guard my heart because 
It is my faith, it is my passion, and it is my surrendering that is guarding my heart because Jesus is my righteousness. I don't have to find purpose in myself because Jesus has given me hope and purpose and strength to fight this fight and to run this run and and, and finally finish the race without worry about what will happen. But it's because of Jesus. It's all because of Jesus, not because of me. So are you covered? Is your, is your heart guarded? Are you trusting? Are you loving? And are you surrendering to Jesus, who is our righteousness? Thank God for Jesus. Let's bow our hearts.